Insider here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 297, Changing the World One Ass at a Time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual, safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you'd like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. (laughs) Just click on that Become a Patron button, and you can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to Entice Me and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER, that's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of Entice Me, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. <laughs> All right, let's jump into your letters here. And by the way, yes, I'm still here. I'm not dead. I'm not suffering uh, other than perhaps emotionally just in procrastination mode. I do apologize for my lengthy absence. And here I am again, ready to jump back in. Let us hope this time it is more consistent. Oh, that sounds so sad to say that. But you know what? I'm going to leave it on the recording because it's like I say that every time and then I go through these periods. And I suppose what that means is I'm human and that my goal to have an incredibly regular podcast is perhaps not something that works with me as a person. But nonetheless, I'm going to leave it in the recording because it's vulnerable and it's real and it's me. So there you go. Let's jump into your letters. I work night crew, and I've spent many night shifts analyzing myself for wanting to peg my boyfriend. It's not something I've thought of before. I enjoy sticking things in my own bottom, but the bond between us, I must say, is unmatched when it comes to bedroom intimacy. We have played with a few toys, and the moment I saw the way he came after I massaged his prostate with toys and fingers... All I could think was, holy shit, why are people avoiding this? I have never seen anyone come like that. My immediate thought was, how can I make this even better? So for eight hours on night crew one night, I contemplated how to explain to him that I love being able to give him such pleasure and that I'd love for it to be closer and more intimate. I wrote it in a text as I wasn't very confident. I could handle him saying he wasn't interested, but was worried I would scare him. It took him a moment to understand what I was trying to say so delicately, and to my surprise, he was so into it that he jerked off in bed as he read it a second time. I bought a very simple leather harness, a nice vibrating probe with slight upward curve, and a nice bulge at the end to press against his prostate. It works perfectly in missionary. We've used it twice. The second time was even better. 
I got gyration in my hips without the worry of pressing too hard into him in that position. Plus, I could hold him, kiss him, and reassure him by holding his quivering hand as I did so. Fuck, that was an amazing experience. I would trade a hundred orgasms to have an experience like that. The pleasure I saw in him was so exciting. Wow, I got so far off topic in the moment. Anyway, (laughs) he would like to try doggy style, but I'm concerned my toy will not hit his prostate and have the same desirable effect. I was wondering if you have any suggestions, even toy suggestions, that would be great for that position, preferably ones that don't look like a dick. For some reason, neither of us prefer to use a dick-looking toy. Thank you for any info you may have. First of all, it's lovely to get a message from a giver. Yay! (laughs) I always welcome those because the ratio of receiver letters to giver letters definitely skews towards the receivers. uh, Fairly understandably, but yes, it's always a pleasure to get a letter from a giver. I want to compliment you on the uh, authentic and just out there way that you described what it was like that was such a pleasure to read and it was hot too (laughs) you know you described that so well so thank you so much for sharing that and as far as what suggestions i would have for a toy let's see what our choices are here I'm going to give you a suggestion that might eliminate the need for you to buy a toy at all. You don't tell me what kind you have, but you describe it. So one of the things I want to bring up here at this point is, have you tried turning around the toy? (laughs) Because let me put it this way. If you have a toy that is intended to target the prostate, whether it's curved, vibrating, both, has a pronounced head on on the end of it, all of those things are best used when they are pointed in the direction that the prostate is. So if you are using that probe that you talk about, then you're going to have it in your harness and you're going to have it with the upward curve, like you say, in missionary position. You described that very well. So if you guys try doggy, what would prevent you from just taking that exact same toy, turning it around in the harness, and doing exactly what you did in missionary? Because that's the whole deal, is you always want the toy to be pointed toward the prostate if there's anything on the toy that is intended to increase prostate stimulation. Once again, be it vibrations, a pronounced head or coronal ridge is what they call it, or a curve. So there you go. Now, if you're looking for other toys to experiment with, I'm just going to give you a few options because like I say, it's quite possible. All you have to do is turn that toy around. I don't see why you couldn't. I can't imagine a harness where you are unable to turn the toy around. But once again, I don't know exactly what toy it is. So let me give you some options here. The other thing you don't tell me is the size of the probe in terms of length and diameter. So the first thing I would recommend is looking at the line of toys that are called Pegasus. Uh, They have a vibrating head with a little bit of a curve. They come in a variety of different shapes and sizes, but they are all fairly slender and fairly short. When you have a vibrating tip on a toy, you don't want it to be too long if you're intending that to give prostate stimulation because the prostate is not that far in there. So those toys run about five and a half inches long, I believe. Uh, They have a remote to control the vibrator on the end of that 
toy. And they also come with a cheap nylon harness that I wouldn't recommend, but there you go. So I'm going to put a link for you to check out the Pegasus line. And then another suggestion I have, taking into consideration that it sounds like he has a prostate that needs a lot of stimulation. When you have a slightly curved toy with vibrations, and that is what sends him to the moon, then yes, that is a prostate that needs a lot of stimulation, kind of on the high end, so to speak, of needing firm pressure or vibration or something like that. So I'm going to stick to toys. They have a curve and vibration because it sounds like that, so far at least, I know you're early in your explorations, is the magic bullet for him, so to speak. There's also a line of toys made by Blush that all, once again, have vibes in the head of them. They are not remote controlled, but they do have the buttons on the base of the toy itself, not underneath of the base, but it's like at the bottom of the shaft, so to speak, so that you can press that while you are using it and while it's in a harness, which is ideal. You wouldn't want it on the bottom of the toy because once it's in the harness, what are you going to do, right? And my experience with vibrations is it's kind of nice to be able to have really easy access to a toy that vibrates that when it's vibrating for the receiver, because if you just turn it on and leave it on, that often results in kind of a numbness, at least for some receivers, they do complain about that. But if you take a toy that vibrates and use it as kind of a turbocharge and use it with judicious timing, so to speak, then that seems to really open up the whole world of vibrations to all kinds of different levels of process sensitivity, because if it starts to feel overwhelming, you can certainly change it. And to have that ability to change it right there is ideal. This line of toys is called Impressions, and these toys are going to be, sometimes like the head of them maybe looks a little bit like a dick. That's not all that unusual, but they are different colors, different shapes and sizes, and this line of toys is going to be a little bit bigger than those Pegasus toys. So depending on what you want, there's a couple of choices there that all have that option of the vibrating head that uh, sends your partner to the moon. There you go. Now. In terms of positions, I am going to put a link to the article that I wrote about my my favorite uh, pegging positions. It goes over a lot of them, and you can try all of those, but I don't think that you need to have a different toy for a different position. You just turn the toy, and that's one of the coolest things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this just for a little bit, and it, and it goes off the course from your letter, but, you know... It absolutely is a disadvantage that we can't feel these toys when we strap them on. That's a disadvantage, right? Sometimes it causes us to fall out when we pull back on the thrust and things like that. But the advantage is, is if you have a toy that has some special effect, be it a curved thing or a vibe in the end, you can turn it. Whereas, you know, biocock owners really can't. So the other thing that I want to point out at this juncture is that it's actually a little bit more of a challenge than having a biocock. Why is that so? Because when we switch out toys, we are using a completely different tool, so to speak. You're not going to use a short fat toy the same way that you would use a long curved toy. This, so, so we actually need uh, more skill 
in switching out these toys is my premise at least. I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but there you go. Or at least I haven't said it out loud in a recording. But nonetheless, yes, turn the toy around. If that doesn't work, check out those toys that I am going to link to. And then also check out the positions and have fun. <laughs> I like the way you uh, your mind turns over and over in your, your eight-hour night shift. Yes, uh, perhaps that's the advantage of having a quiet night shift. I'm not sure if it's really quiet where you work, but... I'm glad that you are able to multitask and think about all the stuff that's happening in your sexy times with your partner. Thank you so much for writing in and have fun. Here's my next letter. This is from Jill. I want to ask something about bisexuality and pegging. I was listening to Consenting Adults podcasts, and I listened to the episode where the hostess interviewed Siren Verde. She would make a great podcast guest another cuckoldress. This is the episode, and she links to it on YouTube, and I'll put that in the show notes. In it, she describes also pegging her cuck husband because he's bisexual. She went on to say that she's never encountered a man who is into pegging and not also at least open to being with another man in some way. I thought to myself that she may actually have a point. I peg my husband more often than we have PIV now. One aspect of foreplay he does is he'll sometimes suck and worship the dildo after I put it on, before we put a condom and lube on it. I even asked him directly about it, and he admitted to thinking about and being open to, quote, servicing, end quote, my lovers or others, and possibly going further. He just never brought it up to me. I know this can be a controversial and touchy subject, but do you think there can be some truth to this? What are your thoughts? Okay, the very first thought I have is whenever you say, everybody is this, <laughs> that's an absolute, and absolutes are pretty much ridiculous, unless they're based in the concrete world where the different types of people and different the vast array of different things that they can do are part of the formula. I mean, clearly, if you drop a brick on a walnut every time, it's going to break, you know, stuff like that. But absolutes are, that's the touchy part, because not everybody's the same. Huge amount of individuality with people, and even more when you combine that with sexual aspects and what they choose, what they like, all kinds of different things. Because there is this whole connotation of homosexuality or bisexuality that is something that is also touchy when receivers are first getting into pegging that is why i think what you are talking about is even touchier because there's a whole lot of receivers out there who have found their way through to pegging but just rather adamantly deny oh no 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 i'm not bisexual i'm not bi and i'm not gay no 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 so they they feel, okay, I don't know how they feel. This is what I think they feel. They feel like they have to really um, heavily assert that they are straight, even though they enjoy pegging. And we see this all the time, like on some of the forums. I hang around on the Reddit forum boards a fair amount at some of the pegging groups, and it is not unusual for somebody to walk in there, so, you know, um, figuratively, <laughs> and put a post that says, so I really like pegging even though I'm straight. Oh my gosh, do you know how many times we've heard that? Wow. So I think that 
that that is why it's a touchy subject what you're talking about because you get a lot of pushback because of that discomfort in reaction to the misconception that it has anything to do with sexual orientation. So now let's talk about how it might have something to do with sexual orientation. Here is what I teach. I teach that pretty much, this is not a black and white thing, but pretty much whatever orientation you are when you start exploring pegging is what you stay. On the other hand, sexuality can be very fluid. And I also believe that it is not unusual for there to be receivers of pegging who have been walking around in the world with a repressed by curiosity, an unacknowledged by curiosity that they would refuse to acknowledge because let's face it, it's easier to walk around in the world and not say, hey, I think I'm bisexual. You get a lot of pushback on that and, and not a good reception from the vast majority of people, including partners. So if you've ever thought about it, if you've ever fantasized about it, those may be things you kind of push into the background, keep to yourself, don't share with your partner, your friends, that kind of stuff. So enter into the formula pegging. Will that potentially bring up that repressed by curiosity? Sure, it can. Absolutely. And some people think, oh, that caused this person to change their orientation. Well, it could be kind of a sleeper, if you know what I mean. It was there all the time. It was just something you had not yet explored or had not yet acknowledged about yourself. I don't think that pegging changes orientations. I think that it opens you up to considering different possibilities. On the other hand, the statement of never met a uh, receiver who likes pegging who wasn't interested in being with another man in some way. I've met quite a few, actually. In the cuck world, I think it's a little bit different, and that is possibly why she has had that experience. But I've met quite a few, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so... I'm interested in hearing other people's experiences because, yes, this is a touchy subject, but I also would not attribute the enjoyment of, like, giving the dildo a blowjob, okay, to be anything other than uh, maybe it's an oral fixation. Maybe it just feels really good to have something in your mouth because there's people out there like that. It's like, ooh, give me something to suck on because for some reason it just turns me on. Not give me a dick to suck on, okay? Very different situation. And then there are other times when fantasizing about it is exciting, but the reality of it is not something they ever want to do. And that's not unusual in the fantasy world either. Lots of stuff we fantasize about that doesn't make its way into the world of re reality, into real life, uh, many times for very good reasons, because sometimes fantasies can include violent things and all kinds of different stuff. But uh, that's kind of uh, pretty much my thoughts about it. I'm interested in other people's thoughts about it as well. And I would like to celebrate this new discovery that you and your husband have made about him being interested in expanding your type of play. That's wonderful. And I do want to say one last thing to couples where it's discovered that there is some bi-curiosity. If that is the situation and you are not in like a, a cuckolding type of community or things like that, then what I would suggest is take a deep breath and sit down and talk about it and rely upon your relationship agreements. It is not unusual for a giver in this pegging situation once finding out that her partner may be 
bisexual to kind of freak out. That's not that unusual. There's a tendency, and this is another misconception of bisexuality, that, oh my God, now they're attracted to everyone walking on the street everywhere because they're attracted to both genders. Be sure to rely on your relationship agreements and take security and comfort in those and talk to your partner about it. This is so many times not the case, but it is not unusual to have that little bit of a freak out. I'm not sure why it happens, and, and that's a whole different conversation in the bisexual community, but I did the uh, interview with uh, Venus, the, the cuckoldress, and that was absolutely fascinating. And now I'm getting a fair amount of people listening who are into the cuckolding community. And I welcome you all. I absolutely welcome you all. You are so welcome here. Happy to teach you about pegging. And please do send in any questions that you might have. Jill, I appreciate this question. It's thought-provoking and it has a lot of different sides to it. So thanks for sending it in. Okay, here is something I found on Reddit. And this is a bit of a long read, but it's like the first time they did pegging and it's his story and then her story. So here is his story. Previous play. I have used anal toys on myself previously and it makes the orgasm more intense. It's almost like the sensation of anal stimulation and cock stimulation are pulling in two different directions on the pleasure spectrum if that makes any sense. And I've never come from anal alone, but I've been close. Enema. Yes, I did clean out before. Warm up. We started the evening by having sex in a way that checked a bucket list item for my partner if she feels inclined to share it. She had an orgasm, but I didn't. Harness and position. The straps were not easy to adjust and it all felt a bit mechanical to fiddle with it and then get into position. I was on my back with pillows under my lower back and ass and a towel over them. So awkwardness was there, but I also feel very comfortable with my lover. Note, we utilized plenty of lube, a sense of humor and some wine. Edit from my partner. The wine was a coincidence and not a let's have some wine because we need to take the edge off. (laughs) Getting started. My partner was very cautious, which is better than too aggressive for sure. I realized I would need to help a bit. And when I felt ready for more, I arched my back a bit and pushed down onto the dildo, essentially fucking her strap on until I was taking long, full strokes. Mmm, she was stroking my cock and fucking me. I loved watching her and having eye contact. There was some shifting of position and angles, trying to find what worked. It wasn't easy to maintain a steady rhythm, but it all felt amazing. And we talked playfully, which I think is important. I asked if she liked fucking me, and she told me how much she was enjoying watching me and seeing the pleasure on my face. I think this went on for maybe 15 minutes or so. Then she pushed all the way in and held it there while stroking me faster. This pushed me quickly toward orgasm. Before coming, she started fucking me faster and harder than she had been and pushed me over the edge of a powerful orgasm. Aftercare. We breathed together as she told me how hot that was and how sexy I am. After slowly pulling out... She placed her hands on me for grounding pressure, something I picked up on from the ohm practice. I told her how sexy she looked while fucking me and how good it felt. Words are perhaps the best lube for exploring new experiences. So yeah, great first experience, and I'm absolutely looking forward to more. I hope you all enjoyed your own explorations. 
So here is her story. I'm his wife, so I'll share my side of the story. A little background to start for those on the fence or for the partners who wonder what it's like. Ladies, try it. It was my husband's fantasy, and he asked if I was open to trying. It wasn't a thing on my radar, and I was kind of neutral on it. Not freaked out, not grossed out, but also it wasn't on my hot list of things to try. He did his research and shopping to find a harness that he thought would be comfy, and he picked the dildo. We agreed to go on the low to middle price range, and if we enjoyed it, to invest in a strapless later. I definitely want to try a strapless after I get the hang of things a bit better. And I'll probably try wearing one of my toys while wearing the strap-on in the future. But I do want to focus more on his experience first because I don't want to get distracted by my toy and want to focus on what I'm doing. Someone here advised it should be fun for me too, and yeah, it was. I enjoy getting him off, and I don't need to be turned on or come each time he does, but it was a turn-on, and it was fun for me even if it was tricky to get started. I, meanwhile, had the good luck to find this group and asked for advice and what I needed to know. Everyone was so helpful, and wow, did I learn a lot from you guys and gals. Number one, it's the fantasy of some women, but a lot of guys say, if only my girlfriend or wife would try, he'd be the happiest. Didn't realize it was such a desire, nor one that was so often rejected. Oh my God, for anyone on the fence, really wish they would be open to trying. It could be such a great thing for your relationship. Of course, it's only going to be as good as the rest of your relationship. It takes communication, trust, openness, etc. Number two, I was naively surprised that it was very intimate and or emotional for the guy, maybe more than other sex. Someone told me about post-nut regret and another to be sure to hold him after which were such important points that I wouldn't have necessarily had on my radar. Number three, people told me what's a good first-time position, varying opinions, and someone kindly gave me a game plan that wasn't just the technical bits, but how to make it fun for both of us and more sensual, which is my leaning anyhow. So, harness was comfy, velvety on the inside. I'd definitely recommend the wearer try it on before the big day. I would have put it on to surprise him, but I couldn't get all the straps adjusted properly on my own. I saw the Lycra panty harness, and I think I'll give that a try if we're doing strap-on dildo in the future. The damn straps were so long, I didn't know what to do with them after. It's super fiddly to try and get the dildo and harness right. If it's not tight enough, it's moving around too much between us, and I felt like I couldn't control my movements, and if it was tight enough to peg, it was too tight on me. It didn't sit flat against me, and after a while I had to keep my hand against the base to avoid any abrupt movement of it inadvertently, or to avoid me having to make bigger gestures and movement for a small movement of the dildo. So, to everyone who said, one, just try and enjoy it and don't take yourselves too seriously, and two, the first time won't be like you imagine it will be, yes, you were right, of course. I totally loved it, though. And I think it will just be a natural part of our sex life from now on. The reality was, I felt a bit clumsy and awkward, difficult to find a good position. And in my opinion, the dildo was too semi-soft. So it bent a bit, which had me watching it the whole time to see if I was pushing too hard or if it was going to pop out. Guiding it with my hand and thinking too much. Ugh. 
a bit difficult to get into the moment because I was thinking, is this enough? Too much? Too slow? Too fast? Guys, seriously, give your partner some verbal feedback. (laughs) It was helpful. It's a crazy and unusual feeling to be able to watch him orgasm from what I'm doing and not feel it myself. For example, using my fingers or a toy in my hands, I can feel his body responding. The strap-on is really distancing in that aspect, but the act itself when facing each other and looking into his eyes is super intimate. Anyhow, when I got the hang of it more or less, I was stroking his cock at the same time, and he came so damn hard. I'd love to do that for him just with a prostate orgasm by pegging. Hashtag relationship goals. (laughs) Nothing, nothing beats being able to join your partner on fulfilling their fantasy or desire. Honestly, on the list of things that partners say ick no to, I wish this wasn't one of them. I can't wait to get better at it so it feels intuitive like the rest of our sex life. Practice makes perfect. As for all the technical prep, enema and whatnot, we skipped it and no problem. But I don't know if he did so without my knowing. He eats super healthy and apparently found a list of foods to avoid before pegging. But like, okay, we're all adults here and sex is comical and sometimes clumsy and sometimes messy, so I'm not squeamish. I get that it could be a reason partners aren't comfortable, but I'd say be clear on your no's and non-negotiables, because there can be a lot of pros compared to the cons of pegging. Also, oh my god, total respect to guys generally, and to the ladies who have mastered this. It's a lot of work getting the position and thrusting right. My legs were jelly after. My knees and thighs were vibrating like a Hitachi wand. I love that last line. (laughs) So there you go. I thought this was just such a lovely first person expression of exactly how it went down and that both of them took the time to put this up in this subreddit. It was a subreddit straight pegging and I enjoyed it so much I thought you would all also enjoy hearing it. Congratulations to this couple. I don't typically let people on Reddit know when I use their work since it's up there publicly anyway, but... Yes, congratulations if you guys hear it on this podcast. Who knows, you might have found my work by now because I am hanging around that subreddit a lot. So there you go. And uh, please take a look over there if you have any interest in discussions. That subreddit does not allow any kind of photos unless you're saying, hey, I have this toy, I have a question about it. It's not about porn at all. It's all about discussions only. And it's also only about pretty non-kinky type of pegging as well. That subreddit doesn't get into any of like the humiliation and the heavy BDSM and stuff like that. So just so you know. Okay, here's my next letter. Hello, I'm a 43-year-old male who instinctively started inserting things in my ass at about age 12, just prior to discovering penile stimulation. I was raised by pretty open-minded parents who didn't force gender norms on me, so I didn't perceive anything weird about this. I didn't, however, share my experience with anyone at the time. I soon found out how this made my orgasms better. Between now and then, I never embraced this with any partner I've ever had. Not my first wife, who was a Baptist preacher's daughter. There's other layers to this story, laugh out loud. And at first, not fully to my current wife until this past Christmas. In the past, I've not been comfortable using anything that looked too much like a penis. But something in me let go of that fear, and I bought two different size silicone dildos off of eBay. Don't lecture me, please. I know, I know. But 
lighter test suggests they are as advertised, <laughs> and tried them in the shower. The smaller one was like, ooh, but the slightly larger one, 1.38 inches in diameter, felt amazing. I rode it against the wall of the shower and felt waves of pleasure building. I can't say I had a full-on orgasm, but I could feel the build-up to one repeatedly. My shower is opposite a tall mirror, and watching myself turned me on too, seeing myself in a more feminine way. I'm not inclined to dress in women's clothing, although my underwear is very panty-like. I just like that style. And that turned me on. I wasn't hard, but stimulated my penis to ejaculation. I wanted to squeal. A couple days later, I shared this with my wife, and on Christmas Day, repeated my shower fun with my wife as audience, minus ejaculation. My wife was dripping, being turned on watching me, and we concluded with PIV sex on the bathroom floor. Following this, I found your podcast on Spotify and have since binged all available content, talking some in between about what I'm feeling and thinking in regards to this newly rediscovered fun. I said I would enjoy being fucked by her someday, and that if it never happens, I will die satisfied with all the sex we do have. We do good. To which she said she's not currently ready for this, but she never said never. A couple of days ago, she gave me head while I rode my dildo, and oh my fucking God, it was great. I could write so much more, but I just wanted to get this out. Thank you for what you do. I have hope for the world. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Uh, of course, I'm going to suggest that your wife listen to podcast number 112 if she hasn't already, and uh, I'll put the link to that in the show notes. If you don't know anything about it, it is a podcast that I recorded for potential givers. It takes them through all the myths and misconceptions. It sounds like maybe she doesn't really have very many, but when a potential giver basically says, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, often this podcast will help them understand more about what you're asking for and what you're not. Now, I don't know exactly what you're asking for and what you're not because that's you, but I do take you through all the possibilities. For example, I say uh, many times people think that pegging is connected with uh, dressing up, uh, cross-dressing, dressing up like a woman. And I don't know if your partner wants to do that or not. You have to ask them. And at that point in time, you pause the recording and you talk about it. And that basically gives them a really clear idea about, once again, what you're asking for and equally as important, what you're not asking for. So then they can respond to your request. And it still might take her a while and that's totally fine. But podcast number 112 has been a real boon to people who are at this crossroads. It's totally hot how you put on a show for her in the shower. I love shows. I love shows. They make me so wet. Oh my God. I have a rocker and yes, I, I love shows. That's all I'm going to say about that. So that was hot to hear about and thank you for describing it. And I appreciate you sending this message in and sharing all this with us. Have fun and let us know when it happens. I'll play the music for you. Okay, here is my next letter. Loved your articles. I don't think a better job was possible. I had my wife peg me once from the standing position. She was unsure about doing so, but I got off like a rocket. I would really love the reverse missionary with her concentrating solely on her pleasure. I would love to hear her moan to her satisfaction and without consideration for me. 
it would purely be her scene. At our age, 70, she has developed physical maladies, both knees replaced, one hip replaced, a spinal fusion, and a bladder tack. I am now not certain of her ability or desire to pursue such a wonderful and loving scenario. As for a suitable harness, I've wondered about fitting a girdle and having her indicate where she would feel most comfortable with the toy. My preference would be something like the fieldo. After her preference for placement was located, a tiny mark would be made. From there, a very small clip would be made, small enough to insert the bulb and hold it securely in place. I would really like to try that. Thank you for your work, and I will certainly bookmark your site. I'm so glad you are releasing the beast in a manner that is satisfaction-based. <laughs> and this is from Bo in Georgia. Thank you so much for writing uh, in and for describing that. So there are absolutely challenges with being older and at that point in your lives discovering pegging. I understand the physical limitations being 65 myself. I totally get that part. <laughs> there are ways to work with that. There are absolutely ways to work with that. So a few things I want to mention here. In terms of working with physical limitations, with hips and knees being bad and things like that, one of the things that you can do is to ride her, okay? Because bad hips and knees, or at least restricted, can mean that uh, you would be the one doing more of the work. So there is a combination of cushions at Liberator Cells. It's called the ramp-wedge combo. And if you just picture two wedges, if you will, one is a larger one, and then the smaller one can be placed anywhere against the larger one to create kind of a cradle for the giver. You can use it for the receiver too, but in this case, it would be for the giver. And with that situation, you can move that little pillow anywhere you want, the smaller one, and it will not slide against the bigger one. The, the quality of the fabric that covers those cushions, which is removable and washable, by the way, is such that they don't slide together. So you can set up a situation that's really, really comfortable for her, and then she's wearing the harness, and then you ride her. So there are situations like that and props, so to speak, that can absolutely make it much, much easier. Another option, which would be a much more costly endeavor, would be the sex swing that I love so much. It's actually a sling. It is a freestanding four-poled sling that holds a canvas thing in uh, uh, the four points to the four corners. So that you don't need any kind of a hard point on the ceiling. And what that allows you to do is to relax in it, but it allows her to just stand there. And because hips and knees are an issue, all she has to do is stand because with her arms, she can move that sling back and forth and you can experience pegging like that. So now let me address the whole harness thing. Um, it's possible that you might have the fantasy of that type of uh, undergarment, so to speak, like the girdle type of thing. Also, it's possible that you might be wanting that because it's a very firm and snug fit and that would feel better for her. Uh, one of the harnesses that will do pretty much the same thing and is absolutely designed uh, to work this way, to be a snug, high-waisted fit and be very supportive is the Spare Parts Sasha. So I'm going to put a link to that. It's one of my favorite harnesses and it tends to just kind of, hmm, how do I phrase this? 
It's a snug fit, so it just kind of holds everything securely, not just the toy, but if there's a part of the toy that can give pleasure, like to her clit or something like that, it will hold the toy really nicely against her. So that would be just an offhand suggestion on harness type of thing. Because anytime you get into the category of trying to make one of your own, sometimes that'll work and sometimes it won't. So um, it's possible that you could try exactly what your fantasy is and it'll work like a charm. But it's also possible that the people who have worked hard at designing these things uh, know exactly where to put things. If you're asking her where she wants that little hole, that little clip to be in the girdle, she may not know the differences in terms of if it's higher or lower. For example, if you don't have one of those double-ended toys like you're talking about, which is the field dough you mentioned, which please don't anybody get a field dough for pegging. They're not good for it. If you get one of those double-ended toys, you need to have that hole much lower. But if you don't get one, then the base of the toy, if it is placed against her pubic bone, that can be very uncomfortable for her. So there's lots of considerations here regarding the harness. The next thing I want to talk to you about, I got a lot of things to say to you, sir, <laughs> is that you have this fantasy of her just kind of concentrating solely on her pleasure. And that's a wonderful thing, but not all of us givers are interested in doing this while pegging. It can be a little tricky during pegging. It can be harder for givers to attain an orgasm and they can feel like, you know, forget having an orgasm while I peg you because I can get off harder, better, longer, easier, whatever, doing other sexy time things or with my Hitachi or what have you, see what I mean? So although this is your fantasy, um, make sure she's in on it, <laughs> okay? Because sometimes it can be a little tricky. And I know that it's this delicious fantasy of like, oh, I think this is what you're expressing, the, this idea of, oh, I'm just here for her to kind of use me and get off, you know, using me for her pleasure. And that's a hot fantasy, but your partner needs to be on board. So there you go. <laughs> okay, so I would suggest that you start off going to one of my beginners webinars because there's a lot to learn. And those webinars are for all bodies and all budgets. So there you go. I do address smaller bodies, larger bodies, shorter bodies, taller bodies, older bodies, uh, less able-bodied bodies, so to speak. So yes, yeah, start there, start learning, and then figure out what you want. And um, I hope that she gets on board. I would understand if she doesn't. I hope to be pegging like crazy when I am 70. It's only five years away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need to stop this recording and go to the gym. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing in. And uh, I love the last line. I'm so glad you're releasing the beast in a manner that is satisfaction-based. Absolutely. <laughs> satisfaction is so important in life. Sexual satisfaction. Indeed. Okay, here's a letter that a friend wrote and had some things to say about lube. I wanted to share an opinion of mine. There's a discussion about this on so many sex discussion and advice boards. The subject of lube, especially for anal play. After two and a half decades worth of solo play with about two years of pegging mixed in, 
And after trying so many different brands of lube and household items like Vaseline, Crisco, and even butter ones, and many different types of food grade oils, I can finally say I have a couple of preferred items. If I'm going to use a store-bought lubricant, I like the Sliquid Silk Hybrid Lube you have praised. I do like silicone lubes, but I really only use them with glass or metal. I have good silicone toys, but I don't want to risk the investment. I do like coconut oil, but in the winter, it can be too solid and take too much effort to warm. I typically use grapeseed or almond oil, though, for a couple reasons. Firstly, they are a neutral oil, so there is no smell like olive oil and whatnot. Also, veggie oil is off my list because it's soy-based. I don't like a very thick lube as it feels like it drags sometimes. I do love the feel of the silicone lubes, but I do have my hesitations as previously mentioned. The oil-based lubes really hydrate your sensitive areas and they are definitely body safe. If you won't eat it, it shouldn't go on your skin, many holistic health folks say. Oils are also good if you've used a douche to clean out beforehand. Water-based loops can thin out and become uncomfortable with residual water left over in the rectum. Coconut is also a good oil for hand jobs, and all three, coconut, almond, and grapeseed oils, are antifungal and have some antibacterial properties. The one negative I can find is all three of the food oils can go rancid, so you have to make sure they smell okay before using them, and be mindful that the towel blanket sheet that is used for a play blanket will need to be washed after each use so as not to allow any sloppy oil to go rancid. Even with washing my play towel after each use, I'm on my second play towel this year. This one is pretty fresh though, should be good for another three to six months. <laughs> so, too long didn't read? My favorite lubes are grapeseed oil, almond oil, and then coconut oil. Big hugs, Michael. <laughs> so this is such a timely email, Michael. I'm so glad that you sent this in, and this is why. So as many of you who listen to this podcast know, we teach three different webinars, beginners, pegging, equipment, and advanced. And in the advanced webinar, I teach about longer and wider insertions. And when you get into longer and wider insertions, wider than two inches and longer than eight inches, uh, specialty lubes are indicated. Absolutely. So I have been looking and looking for some kind of lube that I could recommend wholeheartedly that would be best for really wide insertions because the characteristics for longer, the, the characteristic that's most helpful for longer insertions is something really, really slippery. Okay. But I find that the characteristics for wider insertions without the length, okay, is that it's kind of like a Crisco thing. It stays where you put it. It's thick, it's cushy, you know? It has some heft to it, so to speak, some thickness. So Crisco's fine, so to speak, but really? <laughs> a cooking, a cooking shortening, so to speak, for lube? Let's, let's kind of try and find something else. But I'm a lube snob, and I didn't want anything with propylene glycol, any kind of glycerin or form of sugar, and no parabens, which are uh, preservatives, and about 10% of the people react to those with burning. I found it, you guys. I found it. <laughs> and it was somebody, I'm not sure exactly who it was, so if you're listening, thank you for this suggestion. And it was on one of the, the subreddits, um, one of the pegging subreddits, and they recommended this 
a queer and uh, POC-owned small business called the Butters Hygienics Company. So they're on their way to being a large business with their quality, absolutely. And the lube I want to recommend to you, which can be used for anything, but certainly is really good for the everything I just outlined in terms of the wider insertion, is called palm grease, okay? And this is how they describe it. An ultra-thick lube made for extended stroke sessions and working your various holes to new depths and diameters. <laughs> palm grease texture is so velvety, you'll never want anything else on your dick. <laughs> Ingredients, sustainably sourced palm oil, grapeseed oil, and vitamin E. There you go. It's all natural fatty acids, conditioned tissues to prevent tears, softens rough hands or nails, evens skin tones, reduces wrinkles, blemishes, and helps your skin heal faster from your use. The melt point is 103 degrees Fahrenheit. It's 100% vegan, it's edible, wheat and gluten-free. And then there's a note here that says, compared to Crisco and Albaline, no additives, smoother texture, especially when melted, skin-specific healthy fats, pH-balanced, non-hydrogenated, made for sex, comparably priced, looks better on your nightstand, <laughs> and it actually blends with your body's natural lubrication. The shelf life is two years. Oh my gosh, right? It doesn't go rancid because it's got that vitamin E, which is a natural preservative. And people rave about this stuff. So I have included it in the recommendations in my advanced class. But if anybody wants to try that out, <laughs> I'll put a link to their company. And I got a discount for you guys if you use the code PEGGINGPARADISE. He gave it to me all in caps, but I'm pretty sure it would work with lowercase as well. No space in between, just PEGGINGPARADISE. Uh, there is a discount. I think it's 20%. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me go check. Yes, just went and checked, and it's 20% off. And by the way, I have tried out some of their other butters, like for body butters and stuff. As I get older, my skin is getting really, really dry. And they not only have some hysterical names, but wow, they're really, really nice. They're wonderful for conditioning my skin and for getting rid of that dry skin that I have. I believe that this lovely person was originally designing these things to get rid of ash for people of color. Well, it sure helps my dry old skin, I gotta tell you. And I'm just gonna read one of the labels to make you laugh because it certainly made me laugh and it's one of my favorite products. Bad and Bougie Blackberry Bordeaux. <laughs> It is not a subtle scent. Uh, people will know you have it on, but oh my gosh, I absolutely love the scent. I have not found one that I don't. The Palo Santo is much more subtle, if that's one of the things you're looking for. Nonetheless, the lube is amazing. So check it out if you want to, if you're looking for something like this. And Michael, thank you so much for your message. I think there's a lot of people out there that would prefer not only the lower cost of using the oils, but appreciate all the research, the dedicated research that you have done over the years. <laughs> Thanks for sharing all that with us. Here's another letter. 
Hi, Ruby. My name is Tim. My partner and I have recently gotten into pegging. When we do it together, it is a lot of fun. However, I struggle with taking the entire strap on. And worse, I have an even harder time stimulating myself during self-play. No matter how much lube I use, I can't seem to get any part of the dildo inside of my butt. And as soon as I find myself struggling, I feel myself getting more anxious and tight in a self-defeating downward spiral. I was hoping that you could help me, particularly in the self-exploration department. Any help that you can offer would be appreciated. Thanks again, Tim. Tim, oh, I feel for you, goodness. Anxiety is not the friend of a relaxed ass. It is absolutely not. It is not that unusual. So first of all, know that you are not alone. There are a whole lot of receivers out there and givers for that matter as well who have experienced anal penetration who are very familiar with that anxiety and the tightening up. So you're not alone. Absolutely, you're not alone. So how can you relax? First, let's talk about self-play. One of the things that I would suggest that you do is kind of romance yourself, if you will. Dim the lights when you're by yourself. Put some music on. Relax. Get yourself really turned on first. And then just start concentrating on your ass. And I've noticed that there are certain receivers. I'm not sure how many, what the percentage is. But I've noticed this tendency for receivers to have this sort of like get her done attitude, right? And the guys always laugh when I say that. But you know... It's true. It's like there is no time for foreplay. This is an area of your body that requires teasing and seduction and care and slowness. And I know what you said about how no matter how much lube you use, you can't seem to get any part of it inside your butt. But I don't hear you talking about romancing your ass, okay? (laughs) Treat your ass the same way you would treat your partner when you are trying to give your partner an orgasm. Be tender, be uh, seductive, be teasing, take your time and respect your ass in that manner as opposed to expecting to be able to just open it up and shove a toy in there. That is not the way it works for the vast majority of us until we're really, really experienced. And even then, it doesn't work that way for some of us. So... I would suggest that if you don't do this kind of foreplay stuff with yourself, sir, that you do this because your ass deserves it and you will have a whole lot more success because as you play and really do this with an attitude of play, you are playing with your ass. It's an end. How can I put this? Let go of the expectation. Let go of the impatience and just play. And of course, you know, you're going to need some time and some privacy and all that kind of stuff. But when you know you have that and you are doing self-play, let go of all that expectation and that impatience and that fear that this is not going to be successful and explore, find out what feels good. Maybe you have something that vibrates, find out what that feels like holding it against the outside of your ass. Maybe you have an anal safe toy that vibrates inside too, like a butt plug. Find out what that feels like when you push it in a little bit. And this last thing I'm going to tell you is a recent 
discovery that I have made. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, so I'm not sure if I've announced this on the last podcast because I kind of forgot what I've talked about. Nonetheless, it bears repeating. It so bears repeating. This was a discovery that I made by watching TikTok and Instagram, seriously. And this is from a guy called Dr. Carlton. He calls himself the butt doctor, he's amazing. So he developed this thing called the butt clock and it is specifically designed to help open up your ass. You have two sphincters that are concentric in your anus. The outer one is made of voluntary muscle tissue and that is when you open up your sphincter to have a bowel movement, right? That is under your control, but the inner one is not. But the inner one does respond to lateral pressure is how he put it. So think of it like this. If you think of your ass as a that little circle, right? As a clock, all right? You're going to take your finger or the toy, whichever you use, and and it's a very slender thing. So when you say you can't get the toy in, use your finger and see how that works. And put your finger in and press at the 12 o'clock position and hold it for 15 to 30 seconds. Then press in the three o'clock, 15 to 30 seconds. You get where I'm going, six o'clock, same thing, nine o'clock, same thing. And I literally want you to watch the clock, sir. I really do. I want you to take your time and I want you to become more connected with how much time you are taking as opposed to allowing your fears or your impatience or your expectance, so to speak, your expectations, to override that and and really destroy your ability to know really how much time has passed. I want you to sink into it and enjoy yourself and have fun as opposed to being so goal-oriented. And you know what? If you play around a little bit and you do the butt clock and you still can't get the toy in, jerk off and have a good time and then try it again. And keep doing this until you become much more used to relaxing. So there is my suggestion in terms of relaxing and not letting the fear and anxiety get to you. There is one more hint I have for you. And this is, you know, when you sit down and have a bowel movement, you sit on the toilet and there's a muscle movement that you make to push that bowel movement out. Well, that muscle movement opens up your anal sphincter. So you know how to open up your anal sphincter to let things out. You've been doing it your whole life, right? And I guarantee you, if you're using a small enough toy, because that's one of the key things you didn't mention is the diameter of the toy. We all hope you're using a smaller diameter toy as opposed to trying to get this big thing in there. But moving along and assuming that that is the case, as long as you're using a beginner size toy, I can guarantee you, you have had stuff come out of your ass that is either the same size or smaller than what you're trying to put in your ass. So yeah, I get where the anxiety and the fear can be a huge factor, but make that same muscle movement to allow something to come into your ass. It's kind of weird and it sort of, you know, it makes sense. Certainly the only complaint or fear that I've heard people express are, well, if I do that, I'll just shit all over myself. Not if you've cleaned out and hopefully you have cleaned out. And if you haven't, then clean out first and then play. So make that movement of bearing down and see how that goes. And, you know, write back and let us know how it worked. I wish you much, much more success in your 
personal explorations and your solo play, there's a wealth there to discover. And I am going to recommend one toy as well. A really, really good toy for self-play is the Enjoy Pure Wand. It's got nice length to it, so it makes it easier to reach your ass. It's got a nice curve to it that makes the angle just right. It's got a smaller head on one end and a bigger on the other. Yeah, people rave about this toy for a really good reason, so you will find the link to that in the show notes as well. And I'm also going to put a link to uh, the article I wrote called Your First Exploration of Your Ass. Just little things in there might help you along in terms of the placement of your body and different things. Uh, You might find some gems in there. It's hard to know what you've already done and what you haven't, but I'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay, everybody, we are good to go for this podcast. I have so many more notes, but those are going to have to go for the next podcast. So you hear me scrolling down on my notes here. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blog, my podcast, and my erotica. Pegging 101 offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. And theartofpegging.com is where you will find the registration for my webinars. You will find the collection of all my TikTok videos arranged in categories and you will find my free erotica and also if you're a patron the ability to sign up patron wise is being transferred over to the art of pegging and away from patreon so that is where you can sign up and find all of my erotic stories which by the way lean heavily into the femdom genre in case you did not know that (laughs) if it's your cup of tea awesome if it's not i totally get it when you're ordering exciting new toys from entice me Please remember to use the coupon code WRITER for free pegging. If you end up ordering anything from the Butters Hygienic Company, uh, use the code PEGGINGPARADISE. Send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too... Oh boy, I wasn't prepared for this one. huh? I forgot about the alliteration thing I do at the end of every podcast. No question is too unexpected, unrealistic, or... Or too unadulterated. <laughs> my listeners are going to learn along with you, so please don't hesitate to throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening, and thank you for your patience. You rock. Happy pegging, and no shame.